Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Star Wars Tap Calf Transmissions, the only Star Wars Tap Calf Transmissions podcast available on such networks as this one. I'm your host, Corey, and joining me as always is my co-host, Mr. Eckhart Slatter. How are you doing? I am uh, quite well. Glad to be back in the uh, the good days of Star Wars YouTube with the Book of Boba Fett and yeah. good things on the horizon. Um, I put out a video the other day about fat huts that did really well, so I'm I'm feeling good. Yeah, feeling I good. I could just I saw it come up on my TV. It was in my recommended, and I read the title and was like, I could just picture you giggling to yourself as you made that thumbnail. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, oh man, my camera is really blown out and really blurry. I don't know. I'm in a snowstorm, actually. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I it was just a normal video, and then I was like, let's make it a little bit silly. So I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and uh, you had that the video today about mm. the Knights of Ren thing that got a bunch of views right away too. Like it. Yeah. We're back on top. So that was kind of interesting because. I was actually I checked it right before I just I checked Star Wars leaks before I go to bed, which is a good idea. <laughs> um, and I saw that, and it's a really I, I assume you've watched the thing. It's really I haven't. you haven't you haven't watched no. it yet. The, even the 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 trailer, the, the short version. No, all I all I know about it is what I gleaned from hovering over your video because I didn't have oh. time to watch it when I'd seen it. So it's a really it's a really basically there was a YouTube channel. I'm just trying to pull it up now. Um, the channel is called Samuel Christopher and they posted this, it's like the rec- a recording of a screen. Um, so not very high quality. That's supposedly a leak for a Star Wars show, a trailer leak for Star Wars show called Knights of Ren. Now it almost certainly isn't that. But what's yeah. so weird is how extremely high quality it is, whatever it is. Um, like, there are some things that, like, f- to me, watching it, it looks almost like um, a scrapped video game trailer or something. Mm. Because, like, people compared it to, like, cinematic captures or others who make kind of high quality Star Wars fan films. And it's, it's definitely, like, a step above that. Um, and I don't know too many people who are making, like, quality content that high um especially with like the the ships are like the ships people can do pretty well because there are ship assets everywhere and they're pretty static but what really impressed me the most was how the character moved um like in how his i mean video game engines are pretty powerful now so maybe that's all like preset stuff but yeah yeah well we'll see uh they have some new areas for shows to open up there's a lot of games that i'm sure we haven't heard anything about yet with the publishing mm-hmm. opening up so maybe maybe it's real mm-hmm. but there was a similar thing last year i forget what it was uh called or about but it, it was kind of the same situation where there was oh, i think it was the mandalorian game trailer that game, was just yeah. someone playing around with the unity assets or something mm-hmm. and a bunch of people jumped on that so we'll see if anything comes out of that mm-hmm. uh, but before we get into anything else tonight uh, apparently Dave Wolverton, who was the mm. author of Courtship of Princess Leia, uh, there's some conflicting reports from his uh, yeah, family or close to that. him uh, that he has either passed away or is in the hospital 
uh, mm-hmm. pretty serious condition with a in a coma with a brain bleed. So whatever his situation is, hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's something he can pull out of. But yeah, uh, courtship is definitely clear. one of my favorite books of that era. So very sad. Hopefully, you know, whatever the best happens can happen. But yeah, get well, Dave, if that's possible. If not, you know, hope everything is all right. Um. But yeah, with that, anything else you want to mention before we get into things? Any other Star uh, Wars news or anything? No, I think uh, I think that's it for now. We can tonight. We're going to be talking about both Boba Fett episode two and three. More on three because uh, obviously it's the newer one. We've watched it more recently, and I think a lot of the discussions about two have already been had. There was a lot of overreactions on episode three. I think so. I'm sure we'll get yeah. into that. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I thought this podcast was actually going to be about Wordle. I've seen that you've been playing it as well. Did you do your uh, thing today? I, I did. Me and Dana are, we've been getting it on the, the fourth one every time, pretty much. So mm-hmm. we're pretty I feel like cracked. it's not possible to lose. I feel like you have to be like kind of dumb to lose. Yeah, it's, I've seen because some by people... by the time you get to the end, it's like you've eliminated so many letters. Yeah, unless you're doing like really dumb stuff like changing two letters or reusing letters mm-hmm. but it's still addictive so yeah i've got yeah I, i'm kind of like there i've gotten two threes a four and then yesterday was was a six i don't want to talk about that one mm. yeah i felt felt kind of mm. embarrassed about that it was an easy one too what, what was it again i can't remember something uh something pretty easy I, i'm if i feel like if i try to say it i'm gonna say today's instead but Oh yeah, okay. Was it Gorge? No, that I was two days so. ago. Anyways, yeah, I missed that day. Yikes! All right, so let's talk about uh, episode two first, briefly, I guess. Um, that it was personally my favorite episode. Yeah. Uh, for those who kind of don't remember, episode two was called. I actually, can't remember what it was called. Um, the twin under the was it the Sands of Tattoo or what was it called again? For some reason, I've been less aware of the yeah. I've been less aware of the titles here than I have been for other stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so as kind of a, a brief summary, this was an, an interesting episode. Uh, my favorite for sure, and which is surprising because it, it was also the longest episode by far, fifty-one minutes. Yeah. Um, but they cut you out of present day stuff. Present day. The kind of the modern story, fourteen minutes in, and the rest of it is all yeah. backstory of the Tuscans and uh, some pretty cool stuff in there. I thought the train was a really amazing set piece. Um, the obviously the whole Tuscan culture thing was really cool, but I thought that was a pretty kind of brave decision to have such a long episode and have so much of it be. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be almost as brave as doing a podcast in mid-January with a bunch of Christmas decorations still up. Yeah, I know. It's funny, too, because all of the other decorations in my house are, are down and put <laughs> It's away. all just concentrated down into your office now. Just a bigger tree shows up next week. <laughs> well, what happened is Kelsey was putting... I, I Kelsey's, like, the most organized person ever. Like, like last night, I, I went upstairs and, and got something from, like, the fridge, and she noticed, like... I was like, how did you possibly notice? And she was like, well, I noticed the paper towel roll had been slightly moved. And I was like, what the fuck? But uh, I, I took the kids out to go do stuff so she could put stuff away because she wanted to just do it. 
and she didn't touch my office. So now everything else is away. My office isn't, and now I'm just too stubborn, <laughs> so I'm like, fuck it. Well, I also thought the second episode was the best. I I actually liked the way the flashbacks were handled there. I, I kind of yeah. preferred it being almost two episodes where there was the one modern day, or yeah, modern day, and the second part being just sticking with the older stuff. Because I, I thought, I was kind of worried that the characters of the show wouldn't be enough to carry it when it's just Boba talking with that much uh, in the flashbacks. But mm-hmm. I think the Tuscans were able to really add to that. And even if they can't verbally communicate, which was a bit of a weaker spot in the first episode, they weren't able to shine through as well. I thought it was really well done in the second episode. And I think uh, that's one of the things that, even though there was not really much of a flashback in episode three, Mm-hmm. What we got there was basically undercutting a lot of the good stuff that happened in episode two. It just seems super yeah, cheap to frustrating. Have, to have invested so much into building up the Tuscans, establishing them as like the indigenous group of Tatooine, and then kill them off off screen for a brief moment of character development for Boba, mm-hmm. and like barely even that. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that either. That was probably my, my main complaint about this last episode. Um, and I kind of wonder whether they did that primarily because they foresaw some of the um, some of the issues that people were complaining about already about the show not moving fast enough. I kind of wonder about that. But well, he also could have just left the mm-hmm. camp, and then that was just it. Like the Mandalorian does that, and it's fine. Like he could still have been motivated by uh, what he learned from there. It's not like it gave him the actual character motivation to clean mm. up uh Mos Espa, sorry Mos Vespa mm. but mm-hmm. it, it just seemed to be like it went backward they went back showed them dying or didn't even show them dying showed them dead and then that was the end of that I don't think it was mm. I don't I don't think so far at least maybe something happens that retroactively makes that a better choice but I don't think that was the right move there no I I yeah, I, I agree with you on that it was it was um definitely a bit disappointing so, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. It's I would have liked like people were pretty positive about the, uh, were pretty positive about the kind of deeper look into society, the society as well. So, yeah, bit of a, yeah. bit of a bummer there. Uh, sticking to episode two though, was there any real points that stuck out to you? I really liked the huts. I thought they were great. Um, yeah. I've just been really liking the uh, portrayal of t- Tatooine as, as a whole. Um, yeah, it's been it's it's. I talk about it all the time how it's one of my favorite planets. So I'm one of the people who's actually not tired of them constantly returning there. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. I think like there wasn't really anything that stuck out to me that I didn't like in episode two. I thought it was really mm-hmm. good. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, like, episode one hadn't really grabbed me that much, and episode two, I really got on board with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, episode two probably wouldn't have been, like, among my favorite Mandalorian episodes, but mm-hmm. it's definitely my favorite of the three we've had here so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, it wasn't that I didn't like episode one or that I disliked episode three. It's just I, I wasn't quite as invested after episode one, and then episode three wasn't quite as good as episode two for me. Yeah, that's that's what I feel like too. Uh, on the other hand, pe- people, and I'm sure we'll get to this more when we actually discuss 
3 more in depth, but people are talking about how this is the worst live-action Star Wars episode. I don't personally agree with that. Yeah, I also I say either. there haven't been too many really bad episodes. The one I think that sticks out to me is the Ice Spider episode from The Mandalorian. Yeah, that would probably two. be my worst. This, to me, was miles ahead of that. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that just kind of speaking generally, and this is something we sort of talked about a little bit, people are kind of going in with the wrong expectations here. Like, I read the Star Wars, like, leaks um, subreddit after the episode comes out, and, like, one of the top voted comments was, like, how it's such a waste to have the enemy be the Pikes and not, um, not Crimson Dawn. Like, why does it always have to be some tie-in story to something else like why can't it just be yeah boba fett story um and like that's why i think a lot of people are going to be really frustrated with like kenobi like that's kind of something that i've expected for a while because there's not a whole lot of room to tell like a big surprising story at least i don't think in that it's got to be more about the character and that's sort of what we're getting here people are saying that nothing has happened i can't really agree with that personally yeah. like boba fett's backstory has been flushed out in a way i didn't expect we're only three episodes in and we already kind of know like his crime syndicate or his uh his new little empire has already evolved quite a bit he's got new enemies he's got a rancor he's got new allies like i'm not really sure what people are expecting but the fact that people are some people are so frustrated already indicates to me that like there's just a certain set of people who are probably never going to be super happy with a show that doesn't go full Snoke is showing up at the end or you know whatever else yeah that's always going to be kind of a, a thing with the scale of Star Wars where um, mm -hmm. when you do have these smaller shows there's always going to be people who are like oh why doesn't this connect to 30 other things and it's nice to have the extra nods in there I definitely enjoy the broader universe stuff but sometimes a character piece is just a character piece and there's nothing objectively wrong with that maybe it's not mm -hmm. what uh what you want but it doesn't mean it that that's wrong per se mm -hmm. yeah i agree and i i've actually liked how they've done the integration so far um like they've done a really good job with like the max rebo thing was great where it looks yeah. to me like it, it's even the it's even the the same puppet perhaps um i, I don't know I, I kind of wonder whether it's the puppet or if it's um if it's a CG, I assume it's a pop. It looked pretty good. Um, but like all of that's been great. Um, yeah. So I, it's, I don't know. Like this is kind of what I was hoping for with the Mandalorian. So yeah. Yeah. It is a bit weirder that like of the two, they're not kind of flipped at least with what we've got mm -hmm. so far where like the Mandalorian is this uh, smaller name character is the one that's getting more involved in the broader galactic yeah. stuff. Whereas Boba Fett, who we know has these dealings with uh, mm -hmm. characters we're already more familiar with, is the one that's getting the the smaller story, even though it is on Tatooine, which is uh, the biggest name planet there can be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, like, that's, that's true. No, you're right. In hindsight, you would have kind of expected to be to be flipped a bit. Yeah, like the. There was a lot, even in episodes that have less of a galactic implication, there's a lot of working in 
uh, either individual characters or elements from other stories. Like you have, mm-hmm. uh, you have Black Rasantin, you have, uh, who's the, the Wookiee, who's a Wookie, pretty prominent yeah. comic character. You have, uh, the references to like the Rancor backstory, which gets back to Dave Wolverton's introduction with, uh, the, mm, the Courts of yeah. Princess Leia. Had that and been actually mentioned been... before now? It's been the... shown. I think they had, the to... Night Sisters had them in the Clone Wars, didn't they? I could that's, that's what I was trying to remember, but I, I couldn't. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Could be. I wasn't sure though. But yeah, I, I think they I think it's been integrated in other stuff, like beyond just the expanded universe books before. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like they they did mention that when there was a reasonable opportunity to, like mm-hmm. it's still connecting to other stuff. It's just not, oh, Boba Fett's next mission is gonna be to go assassinate Mon Mothma. And he's mm-hmm. gonna beat the shit out of thirty stormtroopers, Punisher style, or something. Yeah, ag- agreed. It, it kind of reminds me like them kind of nailing the lore like that. Reminded me of there's a scene in the Mandalorian season two w- when they are going back to Navarro, where they go in the classroom and they're talking about like hyperspace lanes, and they actually give like real information. Where like you know, if that was in the Force Awakens or something, it would be like this is the Stars Road hyperspace lane. It's the biggest one that crosses the galaxy. Yeah. And everyone who'd ever worked on like an atlas or whatever yeah. before would just fucking shake their head and cry. Jason but... Fry is scrambling to rewrite 30 books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, it, I, I definitely agree with what, what, what you're saying on that. Yeah. Like the other thing that gets put, uh, that they even chat is arguing about right now are the the gang uh i don't i really don't agree with any of the uh the bikes are just flat out not star warsy like watch mm-hmm. a star wars is really all you can say to that i do yeah. agree that there are some potential like with the intended use of the characters and the bikes as people who are specifically talking about the lack of water access them being as clean as they were there that's the quibble that i think is more correct it didn't take me out of the yeah. show or anything but as like even the fact that they're poor and that they have these uh mm-hmm. these other pieces of equipment it's not that rare and like one of the things with star wars on tatooine that we've already seen or always seen is that people have that kind of stuff it's just they're taking more care for the cleanliness on on these bikes but and i mean yeah i mean they're it, it's it very much reminded me and i mentioned this of like a Greece or like another like like greece is all about how they've got this outlandish car that looks exactly like you know pretty much it's got the exact same aesthetics as as the bikes um and it's like their pride and joy so of course they put they paint it crazy colors or like i mentioned people were mentioning some some british cultural stuff i i wasn't really familiar with for me i thought like immediately of like george lucas and like his past movies and his um like he's talked a lot about how he likes cars and, and motorcycles THX, of like the fifties and sixties. I think had a lot of that stuff too, or no, yeah, not, yeah. Uh, not no, it's the American other one. graffiti, American, American graffiti, graffiti yeah. Uh, but the like, and there's a lot of poorer nations where there are significant mm-hmm. cultures, even in uh, poor economic groups, about cars specifically using like older muscle cars. Uh, and like there's nothing weird about that it's just specifically when it's about uh when it's 
the water shortage that they were talking about. I think if they had been a little bit dustier, it wouldn't have been even a thing. It probably mm-hmm. still would have been a thing, but it would have been a less reasonable thing. It wasn't enough, even with me thinking they probably should have been dustier to take me out of the show. I do think that Chase was a bit slow, but that was one thing where mm-hmm. it kind of felt like there might have been some uh, technical limitations on how they were able to handle it, whether it's because of COVID or something else, where I don't think they were making that and thinking, okay, we want to be going 15 miles an hour here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm kind of have two minds about the chase. I will say, too, the speeders remind me a lot of... Remember in episode one, they've got, like, that Naboo security speeder that's, like, a kind yeah. of a, a green, very bulbousy. Reminded me of that. Um, I, I think one thing that people are kind of maybe subconsciously or maybe consciously picking up on is also the fact that it's, like, Robert Rodriguez. So it does have that Spy Kids feel to it when you add a, a few things together. Like, when you yeah. add the the vespa is when you add the the kind of sillier uh prosthetics that those characters have which i like it does kind of add up especially like the way it's shot that some people might not like it um yeah but yeah i'm kind of of two minds of the speeder chase on one hand yeah it's definitely too slow and i did notice that when i was watching it the first time uh, i i will say i didn't expect the reaction to be kind of as overwhelming as it was online but like I, th- I think it's fair on the other hand though those streets are packed full of so many details that mm-hmm. i almost wonder whether they were slowing down to kind of show off how impressive the set dressing is for all of it yeah that could like, be it as well i watched it again uh, afterwards just because there are so and like if you pause at any one moment You'll see, like, yes, there is the the main chase, what's going on, the street. But then they've gone out of the way to build vendors in the back. There's little stories going on in the back of the scene. There's one part that I didn't even notice where, like, a crate of mouse droids gets knocked over and they're kind of a part of the chase for a bit. And it's just, like, there's a lot going on here. The mouse droids, like, I think they scare a bantha or something. So it's, like, there's definitely a lot going on. Um... And I, I kind of wonder if maybe that's why it was slowed down, but I, I understand the complaints as well. Yeah, I I just I need to delete Twitter or something because the complaints about it were super fucking over the top and it's getting ridiculous for like people need to yeah. shut the fuck up. But then the response to it of like, hey, I didn't like this to was it was just mocking people who were just saying calmly and perfectly rationally. This didn't appeal to me. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just, the whole thing is just super annoying. Yeah, that's like one thing I've kind of noticed. People find they need to like, when it comes to a new Star Wars show on Twitter or like a whatever, they need to make their whole, or I, I guess it's really just making a very strong opinion either way on, on it and taking it a bit too far. Like, uh, I, I think, some people are just are just going a little too far with if you don't like the show that's fine but yeah i don't know it's just there's a point at which you just say okay this isn't for me and then you don't spend the rest of the next 48 hours relentlessly mm-hmm. complaining about it yeah like if you don't like it you don't like it you don't have to like it but you also yeah. don't have to go and spend the rest of your life complaining about it we've seen what that looks like when when star wars gets caught up on that we've seen it with the prequels we've seen it with the sequels we've seen it with everything in between legacy of the force fate of the jedi new jedi order it's just dark nest it just it happens every time and it's so exhausting 
Yeah, and again, like on that Reddit thread that I was in, like another one of the top comments was like, Robert Rodriguez should never be allowed to direct a Star Wars thing ever again. Like, really? Like, where he's directed two of the episodes so far, yeah. and like, if you don't like it, again, I get it, but like they, ha yeah. I don't, I think objectively you can say they haven't been offensively terrible, like, uh, and I, I don't usually say objectively when talking about. You know someone's personal media preferences but i mean yeah they haven't like i don't know that like they haven't had luke skywalker breastfeeding a rancor or anything crazy like that like i don't know yeah i it i his his episode of the mandalorian wasn't my favorite and mm -hmm. like i don't love the book of boba fett i really enjoyed the second episode the first and third of so far been like mm -hmm. I thought they were pretty good, but like mm -hmm. the 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 over the top rhetoric is just it's it's just exhausting. I think that's really the only word that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like I, I'm, I don't know, I'm in for it. It's just like we're three episodes in as well. Like let's give it some time. Um, Anything else you want to talk about for episode number two? I'm just trying to think. We've, uh, we've kind of been jumping around a little bit. Yeah, the train scene, that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, the Pretty much everything in how they handled that was really cool. Uh, the Boba training montage, I think, was managed to work a lot of character into the Tuscans as well with without having the, the tools of actual verbal communication. So... Mm -hmm. Like kind of kind of what I was talking about before. I think that I thought that was really good too. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is kind of. I was actually probably one of the few people that was actually enjoying how much the split was going on between the two. So maybe that's just a me thing. Mm -hmm. No, I, I was there with you too. I thought I thought the the backstory was was fairly compelling actually. Um, and yeah, the train is awesome. Uh, seeing Toshi Station again was well. I say again for the first time really since the deleted scene was really cool. Uh, Cammy and Fixer. Yeah. I really enjoyed that as well. Um, I do think it's weird that they're letting the Justice League come in and be a biker gang on Tatooine. I don't get it. What do you mean? Th they're they're just leaving JL everywhere? Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're hardcore Zack Snyder fans. They're trying to get the Snyder cut over to Tatooine. <laughs> Not working. Release the... Uh, the Release the Moss Eisley Spaceport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I thought... Uh, yeah, I, I've been liking this split as well. Um, I, I do kind of like, though, when... And I do think the show might benefit from longer episodes if it's going to continue doing the split. And we know there's obviously more story to be told because he's got to defeat the gang. He's got to discover his ship and stuff. Yeah. Um, so... I kind of wonder whether the show might be suited to having more of like what episode one did, I believe, where it's got um, flashback, wake up, more of the present, then flashback again, then maybe wake up again, where you're kind of mixing the present and past instead of just having half the episode or the first 15 minutes be present, then the rest be past. Yeah. Yeah. With the, with the scale of the Empire, like it, it seems like it's, that Boba's just limiting himself to, to Mos Espa, not even Tatooine as a whole or whatever mm -hmm. 
Jabba's broader territory would have been because it seems like the mm-hmm. twins are also taking other stuff elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, and like he told the guy who wasn't uh, who owns the all the water distribution in this episode, he's like, if you don't like, it, you can go to move to Moss Eisley. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the implication there was supposed to be that Jabba didn't also control Moss Eisley or if Boba is just localizing a little bit. I kind of took it as like Moss Eisley is a shithole now, which we did kind of yeah. see in. Actually, I can't remember. Did they go to Moss Eisley in Mandalorian? I don't remember. Uh, I can't. Re- oh yeah, because they went to the bar. Went to yeah, the, went to, yeah, yeah. Remember, it's in really rough shape. Yeah. I mean, it was never not in rough shape. But it's like even like it was still kind of vibrant. Like if you watch the like in episode four, like it is a pretty vibrant little town. It's like a, you know. It's a it's a a seedy crap crappy you know smuggler's den, but it's got life to it and business going on. And the Mandalorian, it looks like it's been kind of yeah, well abandoned almost. I mean, if you go to a bar regularly and then some dude gets his arm chopped off in it, you're probably not going back. Like, I don't know. They didn't really seem to be too uh, troubled by that, from what I remember. <laughs> well, yeah, in the moment, you're not going to overreact because, like, okay, what's he going to do to me? But then, like. Greedo gets shot. That's another longtime patron just gone. And he was shot by someone who went on to be the chief of state's husband. So, like, <laughs> it's a whole thing. The, the place gets shut down. And... Sanitary issues. Yeah, w- like... Wookie, Wookie lit, food, uh, hair in your food. The New Republic's definitely coming down hard on, on the health inspections there. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, it, it, it just... That's... That's the next tales from the My Size Lee Cantina. It was just bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. I, I love those books. Like, And one of the things that I love about Tatooine that I'm seeing in this show is it's like a planet that has a lot going on under the surface, literally in terms of like sandworms and dragons and stuff. <laughs> but also it's like there are so many of these little like back alleys and like stories going on and little secret smugglers dens and you know just all of these kind of aspects that you get a little bit of a hint of even just watching them go into town for the first time yeah Uh, like you can tell there's all these little stories that you're not going to hear just by like even how how the cantina is presented for the first time which is one of the things that made me fall in love with star wars and certainly the the planet so I, I like that, that sh- the show is kind of exploring that. And I think the train's a good example of that. Like, for me, yeah. the fact that the train would be used to move stuff across Moss Eisley, like that's, t- or across the Dune Sea or the Waste or wherever it was, like, that's totally believable. Like, yeah, of course they would yeah. do that. It's, it's imperfectly. Yeah. Like, you say we're not going to see or hear any more of it, but like, it's Star Wars. Give it 40 years, and there's mm-hmm. each one of the mouse droids in, in that bucket that got tipped over is going to get its <laughs> own backstory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah probably one yeah, of them, it's, it, we're getting one of we're getting a real star slice plans, of life of the Tatooine. death star three plans yeah we are yeah. getting tattooing slice of life we are we need to bring it back and i i just feel like they're doing a good job with like a lot of the little details too like mm-hmm. I, the see the first scene of episode three was them looking at the map being projected by the uh astromech droid yeah. And I was like, that's a lot of, like, really good special effects for a pretty limited shot. And it, like, just the quality of that adds a lot. Or, like, the fact that 
um, the mayor's house is actually like, or you can actually see the mayor's office from like those long establishing shots of the the surface yeah. is really cool. They're putting a lot into just the the little world building bits, and that's really mm -hmm. really been neat. Yep. Yep. Agreed. But we also get Danny Trejo in Star Wars, which who's going to complain about that? Yeah, <laughs> Danny Trejo is what like seventy. He's he hasn't aged in like literally twenty no. years. Well, he's um, he's not even old enough to be president yet. Like he's got another decade. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 thirty two. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Danny Trejo is seventy seven years old. But uh, okay, he could be president. Never mind. Yeah, he he worked perfectly in that in that rancor role and. I don't know why I wasn't expecting him because he's in lots of Robert Rodriguez movies. I don't know if he's in all of them, but it. That's I was true. like, okay, that's that's the most, that's the smartest casting ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was kind of surprised that uh that they they'd get him a rancor when they're saying, hey, you need to get out of here, but also put this in that cage over there. They're, yeah, they're, I, I, don't I don't think I can trust those huts. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on with the huts. I I'm excited to see him. Stomping around a rancor, though it's definitely going to happen. Did you pick up the little bit of at least maybe a uh, maybe a holiday special reference? And he's like, "I've rid ridden beasts ten times this size," because <laughs> he rides like the dragon or whatever, yeah. or the dinosaur. I don't know if that was on purpose, but well, I mean, that's where that's where Boba Fett really got introduced. So mm -hmm. that was the real book of Boba Fett, episode one. Mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed that they uh, he didn't take on Black Crescenton. Like I, I figured, he'd I hire thought him. that would happen as well. I, I'm sh he's probably coming back in, right? Like he's... he had the he had the funniest exit. Like yeah. they filmed that so awkwardly. He literally just turns and sprints off into like the desert. Like, <laughs> or like he's like you're free to go, and he looks around. He just fucking sprints off. It's like it was like something out of like an that whole sequence was like something out of like a video game. I just yeah. I can imagine like the annoying cutscene of being woken up by Black Chrysanthemum him beating the shit out of you, then the game over scene as he stands over your mangled corpse and having to do, do that a million times, then running off into the desert. Yeah, um, like I thought maybe it had turned into some sort of like uh, Chrysanthemum has a, a debt to Boba mm. uh, because of it, but it I doesn't seem like they're going that. that way. But he's he's kind of stranded on Tatooine. He's not going to be like getting in line at a spaceport to get on some transport out. Mm -hmm. He's a, they did really great with his costume design. I thought mm -hmm. sometimes Wookiees who aren't Chewbacca can look weird, but uh, yeah, he, he looks really good. Um, Wookiees and Mon Cal, like both of mm -hmm. them look just super fucked up some of the time. Yeah. Like Akbar's son in the new movie. He's yeah. like, I think it's his son. Is it Aftab? And he looks like fucking bizarre. Well, a lot of the ones in uh, yeah in Mandalorian didn't they didn't yeah. they don't look bad. It's just they look weird compared to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just different because you're like you're expecting Akbar, who's like the big fish, or like Chewbacca, who's the big walking carpet. So. We're probably lucky we were not getting a live-action Wookiee Jedi because it, it probably would not look very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one thing. The fight I thought was well done. Like people are kind of expecting the Wookiee to be like, you know, one way, like how like how he would fight, but like it very much matched what you see with Chewbacca. Like these are extremely powerful creatures, but they're also 
you know, it's weird for them to be fighting something that's so much smaller than them, you know? Yeah. Like, like they're, they're, they're strong, but they also have very long climbing arms. So it's like, it's a bit Thank weird you. for them to be, and they throw and they like, they choke. Like you don't really see Chewbacca. You see him push people. You don't really see him like punching people very much. Yeah. Um, like you hear about them ripping arms off and stuff, but that's about the extent of it. They don't, they're mm-hmm. brawlers and grapplers. Yeah. Yeah, and I could definitely see Black Crescent ripping an arm off because didn't he, he almost like breaks Boba's back, isn't it? Or, yeah, and he squeezes him. So I he thought like that was throws great. him next to the. Yeah, he does the the chewy squeeze, throws him next <laughs> to the to his armor. I kind of hoped that we'd see Boba using some sort of gadget there because that's always kind of been. He's got the. He tried, but he's he's just, he just got his ass beat. Like yeah. <laughs> he didn't stand a chance, and even like it was like a six on one at one point, and he was still holding his own. So yeah. I do think we'll probably see him again in the future. I mean, his his costume and his his connection to the lore is too good just to be discarded after two episodes. I would think. Yeah, you don't you don't make a Wookiee for two scenes. Mm-hmm. Too much work. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of too much work, the rancor, the quality on that was amazing. Yeah. Um, it's it's crazy how they're duplicating these things that in the original trilogy, like in return of the Jedi would have been, you know, and I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't hard for them to do it, but just not possible to build on the time scale that they have yeah. for the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's like seven different productions going on at once. <laughs> yeah. They, they've only got the, what two volumes and they gotta, gotta get through a lot. I think they've got three now. I think they've got UK, uh, I, th- I think there's three volumes in UK, Australia, and and California, maybe. Yeah, that's but yeah, they got three in total, or three new. So maybe they've got a few. But well, they're also they're also like renting it out to other companies too. It's not just mm-hmm. for for Disney stuff. Right, that's true. That's true. I, I I like the ships at the end too. I thought they were pretty neat. The uh, the transport ships that were coming yeah. in. They're kind of yeah, reminding me Gallifreys, of like, basically. Yeah, I was gonna say they must be a, like some sort of Gallifrey ship because yeah. it looked that could be the Gallifrey GR one hundred and five or something. All of the the establishing shots seem to have some back some good background stuff going on, like little ship usage and yeah. Because at first I was like, are they reusing this? But then I went back through and it looks like it's all no, very yeah. different details every time. It's just it's consistent mm-hmm. which isn't always the case so yeah the second episode looked like it had a, a razor crest type ship in it um and also i i think i thought it was an action transport it looks like an action transport but yeah i know that they have an action transport model because there was one in episode two and it didn't really look like that it was very like pointy um so did they have one in nine i don't think so i looked and i don't think they did Action Transport Star Wars. My last search is Action Transport Star Wars Episode Nine. <laughs> just go through your uh, search history like Charlie's, and it's all just Action Transports all the time. <laughs> which uh, which one is it? Like, is it Action Seven or Six? Yeah, Six. Action Six is the wild card. Yeah. So there's one in a, apparently according to this, there's one in Attack of the Clones, and then which I said, in, but not uh, Episode Nine. At least according to the Star Wars wiki. They could be wrong. It's never wrong. Yeah. Uh, yep. 
But yeah, do you have any any uh, I guess closing thoughts on the episode or expectations for where it's going? Uh, I'm just, I think I I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think maybe by the sounds of it, a little bit more than you are, but not to say that you're not as well. I just I really like getting soaked up in the kind of this like. When it was called the Streets of Moss, I was kind of excited because that's my favorite part. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm pretty simple as a Star Wars fan. Uh, so yeah, I hope uh, I hope we get kind of more of what we're doing. I, I hope that there is something to keep anyone who's unhappy with the show happy. If not, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. My goal is going to try to um, not read so much stupid shit yeah. online. Yeah, that's... I'm with you there. Yeah. I, I've been enjoying it, just not as much as I enjoyed a lot of The Mandalorian, except for Episode 2, which I, I really loved. Episode 3 I thought was good, Episode 1 I thought was good. It just it hasn't grabbed me in the same way just yet. But uh, Totally fair. I think there's only, is there seven episodes? I believe it is seven, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it so got you... announced as six, but maybe they split something up. But I'm 90% sure it's seven episodes. So, do you expect this to be a run-up like is this mandalorian season 2.5 or is this the book of boba fett season one i think this is book of boba fett season one i wouldn't be surprised if there's more crossover but other than that i don't think i don't think like book of boba fett and mandalorian are more connected than uh than mandalorian and ahsoka or something and probably even less to be honest yeah i agree i agree i i think they've had their run-in and I don't think like it seems that all the debts have been paid. Like I, I mean, yeah. If I also don't really think that the whole uh, Din Djarin being Mandalore thing is going to be the main focus of the, the that series moving forward, but I could see Boba Fett getting pulled in that way. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of agree that I think they're kind of going to do their own thing and be connected to some level, but not you know tied to the hip. Yeah, like I definitely expect uh, Tamora Morrison to be involved in other stuff himself, whether that's as Boba or as like Rex in the Ahsoka show. Mm-hmm. Like Rex is probably dead by now, but who knows? Maybe they found a way to slow down the aging. Yeah, I would not be surprised to see Rex. Um, unless they don't want to pay Tamora double duty. But I mean, we haven't really seen any live-action clones, have we, since episode two? Is that the last one? Uh, Well, episode well, three. Well, episode three. Sorry, yeah, I forgot. They replaced them all with CGI for that one as well. I think they are all CGI, aren't they, in that one? I know their armor and stuff is. But well, the armor, I'm, but like, I'm pretty sure there's actual face. appearances. Like, Cody... Doesn't Cody have his helmet off? And Maybe not. Maybe I'm imagining all this. I mean, they definitely have their heads. Like, I remember that scene where they're in the venator like a bunch yeah. of them have their helmets off but i i couldn't remember if they were just computer generated or if they were actual um i think they cool. actually had him and then multiplied him but uh yeah but yeah like so, i i think with all the shows there's kind of they're testing the waters to see which would get a season two or not they're with the typical mm-hmm. like netflix uh model some yeah. are probably playing for seasons stats. two and three yeah off the top and then anything past three is we'll see but yeah. uh because like a few of them like bad batch was definitely already in production for season two at the first mm-hmm. in the first place mandalorian definitely was as well uh is has andor even announced that there's like season two and three of that already 
I'm not sure. Um, I thought there was one where like season three was already in production. We haven't even seen anything with season one yet. I'm not sure actually. I'm not. I'm not positive on that. Hmm. Yeah. I, I could be just making that up, but I think it was like a higher episode count, and then it was like another episode uh, or another series already in the works. Hmm. But like, I think Obi Wan or Kenobi. I forget if it's called Obi Wan or Kenobi. It's called Kenobi. But, it's. I think that's the only one that's safely uh, one series, and then probably that's it. Yeah, uh, there was... Uh, I'm trying to find the... Because there was a thing that kind of listed which ones will be limited series and which ones won't. Um, I'm trying to look. I can't find it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's all kind of up in the air. I, I hope they're not too, like... I mean, obviously, they'll be pretty you know harsh about what what makes it and what doesn't like yeah. it, it will probably be based partially on you know subscriber numbers and stuff but hopefully um hopefully they they tell the stories they want to i'm looking at i'm looking at the list here um andor actually has 12 episodes for season yeah. one which is did you mention that sorry yeah it's uh i don't think i mentioned it uh here but like it it's one of the longer ones definitely and mm-hmm like I, I, that's what I was thinking. Like I think they said the twelve episodes, and then we're already into season two, and then it might be split up with three. I might mm-hmm. actually be thinking of something Alex said, but yeah, it's hard because so much stuff gets just mentioned by like yeah. producers, like off the off the cuff, or like you don't, yeah. But like it's they, interesting. They're they're clearly like what they've been doing with Marvel for a long time, and now with Star Wars, they clearly want to do a good amount of live action or just have Mm -hmm. shows going for a long time. And if certain ones don't work out to the point of getting multiple seasons, that probably just means we're getting another show on another topic. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. either. Yeah. So, yeah, I I kind of feel like they're probably going to be doing like one live action show on the go pretty much all the time with like one or two month breaks in between. So like the book of Boba Fett ends in, in, in mid February, I believe yeah um we know we've also got andor and kenobi to pop in so that's another like 18 weeks uh of content so i assume they'll kind of spread that throughout the year is there and then we've got the mandalorian season three as well is bad Um, batch this year yes there's also the bad batch this year as well so there's gonna be something going on a lot which is great yeah like uh Maybe what Clamburglar just mentioned is what I'm thinking of. Andor might have been split into two six-episode seasons, and then the third season is something mm. that might be happening already. But uh, I, I don't know mm. if we're actually going to see Mandalorian Season 3 uh, at the end of the year. That might end up being pushed back, because I think it's earlier in production, and then like COVID refucking everything back up, and probably well, not going to stop. Apparently, it's, it is being filmed right now, because there was some... There was like a leak that turned out to be wrong where they are filming it right now and apparently have been filming it for a while. Um, I really think they'd like to to keep their Christmas, their big show at Christmas. Yeah. Because they've always like, whether it's been TVs or movies, um, they like to have something there in December. And I think they probably appreciated how like Mandalorian season one dominated social media. Like I can't imagine how much... 
and that that was pretty much right when Disney Plus came out. I can't imagine how much that show did for for that platform. So, but if it's if it's a production issue where they just can't finish the show in oh, time, yeah. Yeah. then do you think that maybe something gets pushed back so they still have that slot? Hmm. Especially like Kenobi. Yeah, I'm just kind of for me it just feels like Kenobi like I don't think there's any yeah, I mean if 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 they if they do have to do something, I, I kind of wonder about that. I think that they would really try not to because I, I don't think even with Kenobi having Ewan and uh, and Hayden at this point, I still don't think it matches like the f- public interest in Mando season three. Yeah, um, but if, if, if they can't, then yeah, I think that's definitely something they would consider. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, we've got a few emails that we can pop open now from the last episode and for Book of Boba Fett. All right. We've got people who want us to do things, always. And then... Oh, goodness. We have another email from Khalil who says, Dark readings. Khalil again wanting to know if reading any of the Legends books would be a good idea. I'm also starting my first college course and want to know if you had any tips on getting through the first class. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you. Sincerely, Khalil. Uh... Yeah. We do recommend reading Star Wars Legends books. Uh, yeah. We've read a few on the podcast. Uh, so read those ones first and then listen to all the old episodes of the podcast. Yeah, read read the books. If you like reading, read the books. Uh, college, what's your, what's your one college tip, Corey? Uh, do co-op. Always mm. do co-op. For me, if, if you're studying and you want to really learn something, rewrite your notes. That's how I always yeah. learned. Before and, every test, I'd rewrite my entire notebook. That was the only studying I did. It didn't take as long you as you'd think, do. and it's all you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh-huh. that's like, you just got to find some way to not just rote memorization, but like actually think about. As long as you can think about your notes in some way, you'll yeah. be fine. Think uh, about ways to. Uh, in actual classes, I did a lot of like three hour lecture blocks. Because mm-hmm. I, I compressed my schedule as much as possible for a few semesters. I had like 12 hours of class on Monday, 12 hours, oh, 12 hours of class on Thursday. I then I'd have never. a three-day weekend and a two-day weekend. And it, was, it was great. But sitting in three-hour lectures got so boring. I'd like make little progress bars on my notes and then fill them in as the time went by. Like every 15 minutes, put another oh, notch. My undergrad didn't have school on Fridays. It was awesome. Well, we made our own. I mean, yeah, I guess schedule, you could make so. your own schedule, but yeah. Co-op is uh, like work placement, basically, for your uh, for part of your education. In Canada, it's illegal to not be paid, but I think in the States, that's very different. So Yeah, internship. Uh, okay, so next we have Joel. So he's got two questions. Um, he's saying... Well, he's saying, I guess this first one's not really a question, that he thinks all Sith-related things will be rele- will be relegated to the Acolyte TV show. I don't think you can... I don't think they've... They definitely haven't said all Sith things will be relegated there, but that's definitely one place where they could come up. Um, for my Mandoverse slash Book of Boa thought, the more I think about it, uh, he thinks Gideon will be tied more with what Palpatine is doing in Exegol 
than what Thrawn is up to, Gideon needing Grogu's blood. The cloning is far more aligned with Palpatine's goal of needing a new clone body to host his evil essence. Uh, and he guesses he's independent of both uh, as well. Well, so, didn't... Uh, that, oh, sorry, that Thrawn is independent of both. Thrawn is probably independent of Palpatine, but didn't it... Wasn't it, like, explicitly established that Gideon is working for Thrawn in some way? That's what Ahsoka's interest was? Or am I... I need to rewatch Mandalorian Season 2 because I might be conflating a few things. Um, I don't think that was ever fully established. Or was it Bo-Katan? No, I, I think I'm conflating what Bo-Katan and what Ahsoka were doing. Yeah, so... The big tie to the Thrawn so far has been really Ahsoka trying to track down, um, just trying to track down Ezra, I imagine. Um, I can't remember. Why did Mando go to that point? Oh, because he heard there was a Jedi there. Yeah. Um, Other than that, I don't think there have been too many explicit uh, ties. One of the kind of hidden details was that... um, was that one of the droids on that planet had like the seventh fleet logo? Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think Gideon has anything to do with Palpatine, personally. Yeah, there's a lot of cloning tech stuff going around. It doesn't necessarily have to be Palpatine. It could be, but I don't think it'll be. It's like uh, everything Palpatine was doing, we know was on Exegol. So it just it seems weird to me that there would be like a random research facility on this planet. With like Snoke clones, like I, I've kind of always rejected that. For me, Gideon just seems like a very power hungry man who wants to give himself force powers, if anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So speaking of Grogu force powers in the Mandalorian, our next question comes from Martin, who asks, uh, or who comes in with a theory on how Mace Windu could return. Saying, have Mace replaced Joris Sabayoth? Mace can be a mad Jedi clone that Thrawn finds on Mount Tantus, and it would explain why the Empire was so interested in Grogu. They were trying to make a Mace clone, and that clone can go mad and take Joris Sabayoth's place in the story. I kind of hope not. I mean, mean, could it happen? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. As I said, I don't think... Yeah. I I don't think Grogu has anything to do with... uh, Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'd hope they wouldn't, but then, like, I, I don't want them to bring Mace back, but I also know the second I see, like, Samuel L. Jackson going to do that again, I'm going to change my mind. Yeah. I That's the same thing. I wish there was a way to get Samuel L. Jackson back in. I think he could do a flashback for, uh, for Kenobi. I just, to me, like, Mace Widu coming back is, like, the ultimate fan fiction uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, but it's just like, there's no, for me, there's no thematic reason for it other than the fact that, um, that he survived. Like, I don't think, I don't think it adds a whole lot to the character for him to be back. But I mean, I also don't really love the character of Darth Maul, so. Yeah, I like, I liked him in Legend or in, uh, in Rebels, but I don't. I don't love him for how much he ends up showing up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't know. And I feel like of all the Jedi who would have been capable of like laying low for 20 years when they survive Order 66, Kakruk can pull it off. Mace Windu is not pulling that off. The dude's like, literally got a purple lightsaber. If He's he lived... Extra. Yeah, like if he lived when Anakin was kneeling and getting knight, like, or getting... Like, do you get knighted a Sith? 
you get uh, confirmed, you get yeah. Sith baptized. Like baptized. the door would have opened and Mace would have the just Sith Bree was really present. <laughs> <laughs> it was on in lava as well, which was weird. <laughs> you were my brother, Anakin. Mazel <laughs> <laughs> Your foreskin is coming with me. <laughs> May the foreskin be with you. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that was off topic. <laughs> yeah, off topic on this podcast, never. Yeah. Uh, anyway, about Anakin's foreskin, I think we were talking about. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, for Mace Windu, I don't know. I just, I don't like it. I don't want it to come back because I've argued with so many people that it's not going to happen, that I'll look foolish if it does. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I, I'd love to have Samuel L. Jackson be able to do yeah. something again, but I I hope narratively that it's not Mace Windu turning out to have been alive or something like that. Wasn't that Charlie's guess for uh, when we did the episode on the Mandalorian about who's coming? He thought it was like Cal Kestis because his oh, yeah. entire experience with Star Wars was uh, Jedi Fall. Well, it wasn't even Jedi Fallen Order because he never, never played even game, played yeah. it. He still hasn't played it. <laughs> yeah, he. He got to Kashyyyk, I think. Yeah. But we don't know what else he did before then, because you can do the planets in a different order. We knew Kashyyyk, yeah, pretty much right away. For a, for a video he was definitely working on for two years, yeah. Uh, anyways. We've got Dav up next, who says, Dark greeting, and I will say he's got a New Jersey Devils logo as his Gmail. I'm a Rangers fan, so... Not a huge fan of that. Um, just finished reading Fallen Star. My immediate reaction to Phase 1 of the adult novels is they were okay. I do feel like they delivered on the promise of showing us a different era. Uh, I, agree, I agree with that. Uh, it definitely seems renewed, renewed enough to be fresh, and the villains aren't quite what we've seen before. On the other hand, one major cr uh, criticism is that the overall disjointed feel of the trilogy that each novel has. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's fair. Thank you for that comment. And he's got a question as well. Did you guys think the trilogy did a good job holding up the premise that the three main novels could be read by themselves? Uh, I personally was following the story fine until I got to Fallen Order. I think he means Fallen Star. Where it was clear that half the characters in the book had been introduced earlier. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I largely agree. Like, I... Mm -hmm. We were talking about that in last week's episode of, like, the how... The especially. Like, yeah, how would people who didn't read any of the other stuff... And we only went in having read one of the books... Uh, one of the YA books, and mm, I think, yeah. I think I was able to follow it pretty well even then. And I just don't know what the we definitely picked the, the right YA book that. to read. I think, <laughs> yeah, because Leox and Affy were such mm -hmm. a big part of that. But I don't know if they would have just if there would have been anything that was like that you really missed out on if you didn't have that, like to the point of not being able to really understand what's going on. I think it does pretty well at setting up who they are. In yeah. its own right, even if you do kind of get the sense that okay, there's probably a story yeah. behind them, because like you get that with Avar as well, where we know her story has been somewhere else, but for the purposes of the book, her being a background character like that that's been in these people's lives, it does feel a little odd at points. But I don't think I'm really suffering from not knowing it. I do still feel like I'm getting a whole story with that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Good. Good answer. I. I. I think you summed up. My thoughts quite well. Uh, we've got another one from Khalil. Um, let's well, maybe we can get that next time. Let's try to. We got a few to get through. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll mark this for next time. 
Sorry, Cleo. We've got Inthert who says, Hi, a fallen star question for you both. Did Starlight Beacon feel similar, smaller in this book to you? I guess the story sticks to where the main characters are. It felt like we were seeing four space station locations and the thing that's meant to be full of interesting areas. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like that too, actually. Um, and that's kind of another thing. Like, reading the, the, the other two main novels, you don't really see Starlight Beacon very much, do you? No. Just kind of mentioned. It's in the background a lot. Yeah. Literally, every, every cover. Um, also, did you find it hard to picture where the two have split apart? I kind of imagined the thing that... Because they talk about... I imagined it like the towers kind of broke off, but yeah. the medical... Like, I imagine the medical tower, or I imagine that because the medical tower is described as a tower, so I imagine that for some reason came with the bottom half, and then other towers broke off and went with the top half. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely not like a super clean break, um, because like the the people in like the administration were cut off, the big Jedi council tower was cut off. Um, yeah. But yeah, it definitely is a bit hard to. To me, I was kind of picturing it as if, like, if there's basically long spindle, small section, big section, mm -hmm. another spindle. Yeah. I was kind of picturing it being between the little section and the big section, but... Yeah. What are your thoughts on the size of the station? Just, like, not enough prior knowledge to make a comparison, or...? Yeah, like, you do get a sense that it's big enough because the the leveler or whatever is is hiding from them, and... Like, there are a large section of the station that they're kind of cutting themselves off from, and they talk about how they're going to, like, collapse the the mm -hmm. areas and fly through. Uh, so, like, you get a sense that it's big enough in the background, but there's definitely... The story is definitely uh, centralized to the main hangar, the secondary hangar, and, like, the command center. Then you mm -hmm. get, like, a few other stories of, like, oh, we're going to uh, the medical tower, or we're going to go explore the other hallways where... Uh, where the they all turned to dust, basically. Yeah. Because like yep. part of it was that it wasn't safe for them to go to other places, which does limit where they're, uh, where the story is able to be set. Because like the ones who do go to the other places just end up, end up dead. And yep. so I, I think it works for what it's doing there. Yep, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, okay, next up we have Matrix, who says, Dark Greeting. I love how much this Dark Greetings is taken on. Yeah. Um, first question. Do you think that potentially since the BOBF is only one season, potentially, that it is meant to lead up to... Okay, we already covered that. He's asking if it's season 1.5 or or season 2.5 of Mando or its own thing. I think we covered that pretty, pretty well. Um, in light of the recent Galactic Star Cruiser controversy, do you think it's wise for Disney to give us a full video tour of a hotel in order to regain... Some sort of trust from fans. For me, I I don't think Disney really cares yeah. what the average fan. It's such a premium, expensive experience yeah. that I don't think they're really super concerned. The only thing that I think they may be a little concerned about is big articles coming out that it's shitty, which there definitely were a few of those, but otherwise I think they're not. Yeah, I don't think they particularly give a fuck about uh, mass perception of it. And like yeah. I, I honestly, I was gonna think it was kind of stupid, no matter what it was. So mm -hmm. I was probably someone who was never gonna be pleased, but whatever. Not that I wouldn't have been pleased, just that I think the whole thing is kind of pointless. Uh, so I don't know. It just, it's just that price point for pretty much anything is beyond comprehension for me. Mm -hmm. So unless, like, I don't know, unless they could 
make me a working lightsaber or something, I would have. It, it just no. But I, I, I don't yeah. know. You could do so many it. things for five thousand dollars. Like I could buy five Titanic Lego sets for that money. For that money. There you go. And that's five thousand US, isn't it? So it's it's even more in yeah. real money. Yeah, it's five thousand US. So yeah, like I could buy so many Star Wars Lego sets, probably or Titanic Lego sets. I could buy like ten. So. I, I just really want a Titanic Lego set in case anyone hasn't picked up on that. I bought Kelsey the uh, the Queer Eye Lego set. It's amazing. We haven't built it yet, but she loves that There's show. A queer I eye quite Lego like set? it too. Yeah, it's hold on. I'll go get it. It's because it's really cool. So I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. While he's gone, uh, I grew up really loving Titanic, and uh, for Christmas Dana got me a little Star Wars Lego. Just the little Millennium Falcon here. And so I, I haven't made anything Lego in a long time. I made some Lego with my nephew for Christmas. And now I, I built this and I really just wanted to build more. So I thought about buying a gigantic Titanic Lego set, but it's like $700 or something. So I just, I, I'm on, I got the notification for when it's restocked. And I just sat there staring at it, but I, I don't <laughs> want to spend that much money on it. So I got the, I got the set here. Um, Let's see this. The new- the new season has like a, it has a an outro where they're all Lego characters and she like Kelsey loved it like she was watching it like, <laughs> like, she was watching nice. it like just just for fun, so I was like I'll surprise her and buy it but it's got like, it's got like uh, lots of details like the the way the clothes is stored is really funny because you like st- you store the torsos on like a rack <laughs> yeah but it's like it's the actual torso so you can swap it out there's like a door that you could put the characters behind and give them like change their hair and stuff there's like back rooms they got the dog there it's pretty cool but it's it's actually quite an advanced set it's, yeah i it's wasn't got, expecting it to be that big no it's got a it's got a thousand pieces it's it's 18 plus so yeah it was it was almost a couple hundred bucks yeah that yeah. that was a lot more than i was expecting you to come back with to be honest mm-hmm yeah well what i've been thinking is like (laughs) i if i buy the titanic lego and i build it on stream i will make maybe 10 percent of the money back and i I can call it a a business expense maybe but exactly right uh, but if if i don't get a star wars lego then will viewership even be high enough to be worth it because like i don't know i'd have to do some market research see how alex's streams do and then divide that pretty well 50 He's got the thing where if you pay a certain amount of money, he'll drop the set, which is hilarious. I've done that once. Paid him to drop it. Because him and Molly will have, like, the competitions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fun it's... stuff. Maybe I'll do it. You've talked me into it, like you okay. so often do. Yeah, it seemed very difficult. I really had to move <laughs> on that one. <laughs> All right. Uh... You've got Christopher's email, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, the last one, I believe. Um, yeah, we got one more after that, actually. In recent canon media, the Pike Syndicate has made very frequent appearances as uh, antagonists, such as in the last episode. Do you like or dislike the Pikes? Uh, I personally feel mad on them. Uh, generic mafia. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I kind of... I, I don't really have super 
like an attachment to them from the Clone Wars or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, those episodes aren't super memorable to me, so maybe that's why they're they're cool enough. Though I think their design is pretty neat. I thought the scene of them all coming of the the shuttle or the like the transport at the end was pretty intimidating. So yeah, like I I'm kind of glad that it's not just going to be uh, Crimson Dawn or something. I think using this as an opportunity to use the the Pikes as kind of a smaller, more local enemy for what they're doing here. I think it works for what the show seems to need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I didn't have any particular attachment from the Clone Wars either. Uh, so hopefully they get enough room to breathe here. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, I think that's it. Do we, we decide do what we're doing for next one week? More. Oh, well, one we more. Sorry. Okay. One more from Dakota who is asking, uh, my question is in Star Wars Rebels, when Ezra was in that time space and interacted with the past, do you think that uh, that the portal was a form of flow walking. Kaidas told K- Tahiri not to become too emotionally attached to this, to the scene where Anakin dies so those in the past can see them or interact with them so he can interact with the past. Food for thought. Um, I think it's a similar idea. I mean, that yeah. excerpt right there proves that it's a similar idea. I don't think it is flow walking, though. No. I do think it's like some... I think it's a realm that he's visiting. Um... I I don't think I would describe flow walking quite that way. Um, Some convergent evolution on force ideas there, but probably yeah. not the same thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yes, yeah, next week I think we did say we are doing the final book of the Corellian trilogy. Mm. So we've got uh, the showdown at Center Point coming up. Uh, get your otters ready. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so it's get wrestling in- time. Any emails you have for next week, we'll see if there have been any new reviews. Leave a review telling us how you feel about about tap calves and transmissions, or either of the two of us, probably both of us together. Mm-hmm. And don't be mean because we can't handle it. I can't. I can't. Uh, I I literally can't. Yeah. So that's gonna do it for tonight. Thank Bye you everybody. for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye.